Hello and welcome to episode seven of Born Too Late with Josh and Jay. Tonight we are pleased to welcome Greg Lonesome. Greg is the host of the Rock and Roll Manifesto, a weekly live internet radio show bringing you punk rock, psychobilly, rockabilly, classic country, alt country, garage, glam, metal, hardcore, power pop, teddy boy, pub rock, blues, doo-wop, soul, R&B, and more, sometimes all in one show. The show, which started in 2010, currently airs every Wednesday night from 7.45 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Real Punk Radio. Beyond the Rock and Roll Manifesto, Greg is also well-known as a member of bands like the Lonesome Kings and Tortured Souls. We are pleased to welcome you to the show, Greg. How's it going? It's fantastic. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be we a are, blast, I have a feeling. We are ex- excited that, to have you join Jay is unable to join us tonight as he is in transit. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. But but when I told him that you were going to be on the show, he was he, he was like, "Wow, that guy's a legend." So, <laughs> what? Yeah. So 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 he was very very excited. It's, I've I've never heard that one before. Yeah. But, I was, okay. I, it was cool that he was so stoked to have <laughs> yeah, you on. That's really cool. That's that's fantastic. I just I'm blown away. I'm humbled. All right. <laughs> So let's go ahead already. And, yeah, let's go ahead and get started here. So you're known, of course, for your worldwide renowned radio show, but you've also been in several bands, most notably the Lonesome Kings. Could you tell us a little about the history of the Lonesome Kings? Lonesome Kings. Yeah, funny you should mention that. Uh, I just, for the first time in 16 years, saw those guys. We were all in the same room at the same time for the first time in 16 years last night. Wow. That was a that was a trip. That was that was great. We're supposed to meet up again. Two of the guys live in California now. So it's, you know, not often that we get to do that. Um, but yeah, they um they came out uh our drummer Handsome Johnny. He uh he's does works for Sotheby's, does automobilia auctions. And so he's here for the Hershey Car Show. So Scott came out as well. At the same time, and we all got to hang out. So very cool. Um, but as far as history goes, uh, we were kind of a band before we ever had our first practice. Uh, <laughs> like Scott and at the time, uh, Doc Holiday on guitar. Neither one, Scott and Doc did not know how to play their instruments at the time. They kind of learned their instruments to be in this band. Wow. So it was like, you know, we started from the ground up, you know, and those guys learned their instruments in like no time. And so we started practicing February of 1999. And by August, we recorded our first demo, which was seven songs. And then I think we played our first gig the week after that. I think that was August as well. might've been early September. Um, But that demo, then those seven songs we recorded for a demo, we we decided to put it out on a CD ourselves, CDRs, whatever. And then I sent it to uh, Raucous Records in uh, England. And uh, he was like, it'd be really easy for me to put this out. You know, you want me to put this out? I'm like, okay, you know, sure. (laughs) So, you know, like by the end of... It's like mid 2000, we had a CD out on 
Ruckus Records, which was cool. Um, you know, now that I look back, the recordings are kind of rough. Uh, but it is what it is. It's a snapshot of the time, you know. And, uh, yeah, we were young and green and, <laughs> you know, so... Um, so that was cool. And then I would say, let's see the first, the, the original lineup lasted until about 2000. Yeah. We only lasted till like we had, we put out seven inch. I think it was probably about a year later, something like that. And then, uh, our drummer quit and then our guitar player kind of wanted to go more like in a country way. And we were, Scott and I were kind of like, well, we're already kind of known for what we're doing. You know what I mean? And we didn't want to, we didn't want to change. So uh, parted ways with our original guitar player. And then uh, in came Ryan, who was Ryan, seven years younger than me. Uh, he was like 17, maybe 18 at the time he joined the band and uh and then uh, handsome johnny was our new drummer me and him had tried to form a band before in between i had a band from 94 to 96 called bad luck streak and after that broke up i had been trying for like three years to get a band going so there was you know intermittent stuff with people trying to happen but nothing ever came of it but he him and i johnny and i had played uh together you know a few times and so he was the first person i called when we needed a drummer because he's he was a fantastic drummer and uh you know that that the second lineup of lonesome kings from say late 2000 to 2004 was pretty much the one that people know i would say we you know we released seven inch two albums and of course the one album was posthumous but you know, it came out 2006 and our last gig was like June or July of 2004. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a blur, but, uh, you know, we, we made a mark at, at the time and, and it wasn't like we were huge or anything. I, I'm not getting like that, but there was a time in the psychobilly scene where if you went to a festival in Europe, you would see a Lonesome King shirt guaranteed. You know, so it was like we got our name out there. Like one of the first people that got shotgun full of blues and kind of reviewed it on Psychobilly Online was Hammer from Batmobile, the singer of Batmobile and uh, guitar player as well. And he loved it, which that was a big you know, that was a big boost, you know. So uh, that was really cool. And actually recorded a song with with uh, Hammer, Batmobile and Batmobile. Uh, later on, we did a Elvis cover for an Elvis tribute one time which was cool and um, Mad Dog Cole from the Crewmen covered our song Hell's What I'm Used To on his first solo album that he did in like wow. 2006 or something like that so yeah it was uh, you know we, we made a little bit of an impact which was kind of cool but uh, you know never really toured I mean we never went to England we never and we only stayed that we went as far down south as Atlanta. And you know, probably I don't even think we went as far west as Pittsburgh ever. I think it was like New York, oh, New man. Jersey, you know, Baltimore, maybe Virginia. Uh, 
maybe Delaware. I don't know. That's about it. I mean, we really, you know, we played in Harrisburg as little as possible because <laughs> it was really no point. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun time, definitely a fun time. And, you know, we were serious about what we were doing and, uh, I think we wrote some really cool songs and, um, we we're actually, uh, almost finished remixing shotgun full of blues for the 20th anniversary reissue. We're trying to do a double LP. Oh, and of course it's going to have the original album remixed, remastered. And this, it sounds all, as soon as we're done with the mixes, I'll send them to you so you can hear them. It sounds so much better. I mean, it's a, it's a world apart from, cause we mixed it ourselves the first time and we didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> um, we just, you know, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, messing with this, messing with that, you know. And after after a while, we kind of got sick of it. We we're like, yeah, we're done, you know. And it was what it was, you know. So, um, but yeah, we're supposed to be hopefully doing a double LP in 2023. And it'll have, you know, the full album and then another album full of, uh, we got some remixes. Hammer from Batmobile remixed one of the songs. Uh Stevie Tombstone from the Tombstones remixed our cover of Jailhouse Tattoo. And uh, we may have another one or two guest mixes on there. Plus, we have unreleased tracks and alternate versions and stuff, you know. So it should be pretty cool. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty big undertaking, but uh, we're already halfway there. So just have to That's... figure out what the bonus tracks are going to be for sure. Something to look forward to. And 2023 yeah we're already working on plugging away we've been we've been mixing since uh well since january i think we're not doing it ourselves you have a guy that's doing it uh matt at rocket vault studios matt um sings for a band called radio hate street punk band from wisconsin and a real cool guy really great to work with as well so if anybody out there needs needs uh mixing or mastering or whatever work done Rocket Vault Studios. Just throwing that out there. He's not paying All me to right. do that. I'm just, <laughs> I just want. I like to. Uh, I like to drop names of people who do good work and are very cool to work with. So, throw that out there. Fantastic. So, I'd love to hear about how the Rock and Roll Manifesto first came to be. What was the original inspiration for the show, and how did you go about launching the show? Okay. Um, so. Back in 2006, I was working at a job and a guy there that I worked with was like always talking about podcasts. And at the time, I didn't even have an iPod, you know, or whatever. And he was like talking about all these podcast stuff. I'm like, what, what the hell's a podcast? And he starts explaining to me. And I'm so, so I'm like, oh, so yeah, people just playing music. I'm like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> so I'd never heard a podcast I just went and made one. It was called the Sleaze Pit. Now it was, I was super lazy <laughs> and it was very, very sporadic. And if it wasn't for uh, a handful of people that actually listened to it and would once in a while nudge me and say, Hey, when you put another episode out, I may have quit, you know, <laughs> but uh, so 2006, uh, trying to think oh i started yeah started 2006 and so right around 2009 
uh, I was friends with Michael Kaiser, me and Michael Kaiser uh, from Radio Oblivion. We had a record label with another guy called Kaiser Records. This is like back 2005, 2006, whatever. And uh, he had gotten his show, Radio Oblivion, on a new uh, punk rock radio station called Real Punk Radio. And when he got that gig, he told Jason, uh, who ran Real Punk Radio at the time, uh, he said, hey, this guy does this show called The Sleaze Pit. You should get him on. And so that's how that happened. And uh, so I was on I was on Real Punk Radio from, I think, January, February 2010 is when I first started on there. And I was doing a show every week. I think it was every week. It was every week, every month. I don't know. It's been a while, but uh, it, it was it was not as uh, frequent as as the manifesto is. But everybody was like, dude, once you go live, you'll never go back. And I'm thinking I was always like, I don't even like to talk on the podcast. It takes me like 10 times to say what I want to say, you know. So I was all like nervous and kind of put it off for a long time. I was like, I can't do that. I can't, you know. So finally, finally in july of 2010 they talked me into it and i was like okay i'm gonna try this and sure enough i was hooked you know because it was like what do you mean i don't have to do any post-production work i don't have to edit shit i just gotta go on live and do the show and put it out there like it was just so much easier you know and more fun too because there's a chat and there's people coming in you know chatting while you're playing live and you know it's just a lot more a lot more interaction to it so I just got addicted to that, you know, and it was like, yes, awesome. So that's how that's how the Rock and Roll Manifesto started. Um, when I was thinking about doing a live show, uh, my daughter had just been born in 2009. And I'm like, I'm not going to call it the Sleeves Pit. <laughs> you know? So I was like, I, could, I had to think of a new name. And one of my favorite bands in the whole world is the Shods. And they have a song called Rock and Roll Manifesto. And that was the first thing that came to my head. I was like, rock and roll manifesto. That's what it's got to be. And and that's what I did. I, I've made that intro. The intro you hear today is the same intro I made uh, 11 years ago. Haven't changed it since. I, did, I changed it one time for the 500th episode. Did something a little different, but always went back. You know, so same same intro for the last 11 years plus. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how it came about. Um, Michael Kaiser got me on Real Punk Radio. Uh, they talked me into going live and been live ever since. So it's been a hell of a ride, I must say. I would say so. So when you started the show, the whole concept, the idea of podcasting, internet radio, that was still kind of relatively new. But yeah, in the was. years since then, that that whole medium has just exploded. I mean, now clearly any idiot can start a podcast so yeah that, think of the, the volume true. of content out there for audio program it's just staggering there's just so much there's a podcast for everything so for yes. you how is running a radio show different now compared to what it might have been a decade ago uh, you know i think i i mean i still do stuff the same way uh i'm not i don't think i'm much different maybe my format of my show has evolved a little bit over time, but I'm, 
I'm kind of a Luddite when it comes to some of this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to. I, even when I was on Facebook, it was like promoting it was just like kind of secondary for me. I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to play the music because I love the music. I mean, when I when I grew up, I was the guy that was making mixtapes for everybody. And then I was making mixed CDs for everybody, you know, and, and so it was like a it was kind of a natural progression, you know, so it was just a, an extension of what I've been doing since I was a kid. And it was just so much fun. Um, as far as things that have changed, I mean, you know, it took me. And I've been on Real Punk Radio since 2010 and they've been, you know, they're not Real Punk Radio isn't huge. I wouldn't say, you know that they're because i mean like on a, on a live show right i still we're lucky to have say 30 to 40 people listening live um now downloads is a lot different i mean last seven days or so i had over two thousand downloads so it definitely has grown or my podcast whatever show has grown over the years but um I don't think I do much different. I just know that there's so much more out there, like you said, and yet any idiot can make a podcast. The thing that they don't realize is the commitment that it takes to do this every week and to deliver good content every week. And I think that's where, I mean, I, you know, I, I have some shows that are better than others, you know, obviously everybody does, but I think that, um, it's easy for people to think, oh, I can do that. And then they'll do an episode. They'll do maybe three. You know, if they're lucky, they'll last a couple of months and then they're gone. And so uh, I think that a lot of stuff gets weeded out that way. And I had um, one of my uh, listeners recently was like, I went through punk rock podcast after punk rock podcast and they all sucked. <laughs> and he's like, and then I got to yours and I was like, this guy's like professional. He knows what he's doing, you know? And, and it was like, he was like real sick of people just like, they just want to hear themselves talk, you know? And I'm kind of the opposite where I don't want to talk. I just want to play the music and let that do the talking. And I want to talk as little as possible, you know? Um, I'll try to give pertinent information when I can or, you know, information about their websites or that kind of thing but um i'm not on some diatribe all the time you know trying to uh i don't know inflate my own ego or whatever i don't know just uh i just want to help the bands i want to be the guy that i wanted to have around when i was in a band if that makes sense yeah you know somebody on your side and that's kind of how i have approached things all these years with the manifesto is like, I will chase bands down if they're good and I want to play them on my show. I will, you know, every time I talk to them, like, Hey, what's going on? Is anything new coming? You know, what's going on? You know, let me know, give me some new songs. I'll play them. You know, I'm, I'm always looking for that. And maybe that's some of the difference as well. I don't know, but um, I'm kind of in a bubble when it comes to, I mean, I don't listen to podcasts. I never really did. Um, you know, I would listen to Radio Oblivion back back in the day, and I do listen to Tommy Unit Live. He's on, on right after me on Wednesday nights, and I would listen to Gone Mental, 
Unfortunately, that's no longer going on, but uh, those are my favorite shows that I listened to, but they were all real punk radio guys. So been kind of in a bubble there where I don't really worry about what's going on with other shows because it doesn't affect me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Do you do much in the way of promotion or do you put most of your effort into the delivering a quality content? I mean, I don't do a lot of promotion. No. I mean, I'm on Instagram and when I, when I put a show up, when I'm going to go live, I'll put something up. I'll put it on Twitter. And when the show's over, I'll post the show on my blog and that gets pushed out to all the podcasting services, whatever. And then I'll post about it on Instagram and, and Twitter. And that's about it. I don't do anything else. Um, I put it on my Patreon, but that's only for the subscribers. So um, I don't do a lot of advertising or or social media stuff really um now i do post a lot on instagram records and hot sauce and beer and whatever but <laughs> it's i'm not always like pushing my show you know what i mean it's just i was never i'm not good at self-promotion in fact like i kind of kick myself because i don't even talk about my patreon on my show most of the time i just get like all i want to do is talk about the music i don't like it's hard for me to like get out of that box and, and promote myself. So like I've lately I've been like recording my own ads to like slip in the show because I know I won't do it myself. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's, that's been a rough point for me is trying to promote. Cause I mean, you know, when I was on Facebook still, like I had my own page for only maybe a year or two and I got rid of that, blew that up. I was like fuck that but i had a dummy account so i could post my show still on real punk radio their facebook page but i haven't been on there for at least five six years and i don't miss i don't think i'm getting any less hits because of it it was like you would post your show and it'd be tumbleweeds <laughs> you know <laughs> you might get one or two likes nobody comments nobody you know it's like it was like it was quite pointless anyway it seemed like um, Instagram, I think is a bit better for that. I do get a bit more, uh, of a response on Instagram, but that may just be because my show's a little more well-known now. I don't know. Cause I mean, Twitter's still tumbleweeds most of the time, you know, but nothing you can do about that, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, my numbers have, have continually gone up from, I mean, it took me like eight years to get to 250,000 downloads. And then it took like maybe three years to get the next 250,000. So it, there's definitely some forward momentum going there, which is nice to see. Um, I mean, I think I hit half a million a couple months back. Wow. Which, you know, for me, it was a milestone. I mean, you get some of these guys, famous people or whatever, they do a podcast and the first one has, you know, fucking 5 million downloads. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not a drop in the bucket really in, in the grand scheme of things so i'm not not thinking i'm big time or anything like that that's for sure but you know it's still a good feeling good personal accomplishment to get that five hundred thousand downloads was a nice you know kind of a nice thing yeah i i personally i hate self-promoting <laughs> and so as a, as a blogger i've never really done a whole lot of it i've always just counted on the sort of the 
grassroots following, building it up slowly over time. (laughs) Yeah, and to be honest, I think that's the way to go. I really think organically growing is much better because it's all by word of mouth. So you're, it's more of a true thing. People that are going to talk about it and tell other people are people that are enamored with the product. They like what you do and they'd like it so much that they listen all the time. And then they tell friends to listen to it or tell bands to send you their stuff and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I really think that the or, organically growing is, is a much more rewarding thing than paying for advertisements, which are going to reach a bunch of people who are not going to care. And you may get a couple of hits out of it, but are those people really going to listen? Maybe one out of 10, one out of 100. I don't know. Hard to right. say. But yeah, I, I just think the uh, the or- organic thing is the way to go for sure. Slow. It's slow, but yeah. <laughs> w- once you get the momentum going, it, you're not going to lose it probably, hopefully. <laughs> so now we're going to get to the, the fun portion of the interview and start talking about some bands. All oh, right. That sounds good. That's both love. So That's my favorite thing. Yes. Last year you released volume one of the rock and roll manifesto seven inch series. Great bands on there. Tiger touch, fret rattles, JJ and the real jerks, missile studs who I love. So that was a really phenomenal compilation. What, what kind of plans do you have to continue with that series? Well, uh, I have two in the works right now, actually. Uh, one is very close to going off the press. Um, so for, I would say for quite a while now, I would say maybe even the last year, I've oh, over a year, I had an unreleased track from the Mannequins. Um, soon after that, I got an unreleased track from uh, Miscalculations. Wow. <laughs> and... The third track we got is a track from the Judex. The fourth track, which I have not been able to announce until uh, just last night on my sh- or Wednesday night on my show. The fourth band is none other than Sonny Vincent. Oh, and um, it would originally I've been talking to Sonny since probably April. And he was like, hey, it's going to take me a while, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I I don't care. If you want to be on it, I'm waiting for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's Sonny fucking Vincent, right? And so it kind of, you know, it's been going on and on and on. And, you know, you don't want to bug a guy like that. (laughs) You just want to give him his space. And, you know, you don't want to be an asshole. You don't want to be pushy. So I just kind of like, you know, let it go. Wait and wait and wait. And so... About a week or two ago, uh, after Snake Pit Therapy dropped his newest dirt record, uh, one of the songs on there is called Japan Mofo. I was like, Sonny, what about using this song? Just figuring maybe I could like expedite it. You know, it's a song that's already done. You know, I already have the lyrics for it. I have the personnel. You know, we can throw all that in the art and get it done real fast. And uh, he was like, yeah, cool. And then a few things transpired and he was like, 
I'm going to send you an unreleased track. I can get it to you in three days. Oh. And I'm like, fuck. That's what we wanted in the first place was an unreleased track. But I was looking to just expedite things and get it off to the pressing plant because, like I said, we, we probably could have sent this off over the summer, you know, if, if everything would have fell in line. But uh, that didn't happen. And um, anyway, he's like, I'll get you a new song in like three days. So sure enough, like three days later, <laughs> he's like, I got a rough mix for you. He's like, you know, this is going to be so much better for your record. Like it's unreleased. It's never been you know out there before. It's exclusive to your record. And I'm like, and it's like dream come true shit. Like pinch me. Hello. <laughs> you know? And um, so right now we're just waiting on the mix to be finalized which could be maybe another week or two. And then uh, he's got to send me a, a new photograph and uh, the lyrics and stuff. We'll get that plugged in because well, the artwork is done. It's been done pretty much front and back covers. have been done for quite a while now. And Rob just uh, basically did almost the whole insert. You know, he'll have to replace the Sonny Vincent information because it's all, all going to be new. But I mean, all the hard work is done. So all we got to do then is make sure that the masters for the vinyl is good and send it off to the pressing plant. We're, we're, we're ready to go. Um, so that's going to be the next one in line. And, you know, with the pressing plant backups right now, we're probably talking six months. So even if we get it off in November sometime, it won't be till May, probably. Um, unless we can find someplace that's quicker, but I don't think we are. And to be honest, we've been working with Pirates Press, and I love working with Pirates Press. And they do direct metal mastering, which cuts out a step and cuts out about 300 bucks. So you don't have to get lacquers made and all that stuff. So uh, I'm probably going to go with them anyway. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. I really like can't wait to get that off the press. I mean, it was so hard to not be able to. I didn't want to like talk about the Sonny Vincent thing until it was like real you know right. what i mean because like, i don't want to jinx it like i know i'm gonna i'm gonna announce it and then he's gonna be like yeah fuck that you know <laughs> so I, I totally like i only told like very few people because i was like I gotta, I gotta keep this under wraps man because i don't want to jinx it and uh it's finally happening i mean i got him locked in now uh the new song's on the way i already paid him so you know it's it's good as gold so he, oh, as soon as we get the song and get the artwork done we're going to send it off to pressing plant so hopefully in about six months or so maybe seven we'll have a new uh volume two manifesto uh single series and for the third one we also have a pretty fucking killer lineup i must say and this has been announced on my show already so i'm not not worried about it um we got some hearts i don't know if you've heard them or not um they have a, a hit record in my eyes called Black Cherry Soda, which is a power pop fucking masterpiece. If you haven't heard it yet, go check it out on Bandcamp or I can even send it to you, whatever. It's like song of the year material. Um, they, they are letting me have that song for the for the compilation. Um, X Gentleman. X Gentleman broke up pretty much a few years back. They never really released a whole lot, but they've been one of my favorite bands. And, and some of their songs have only ever been released 
on my digital compilations. So one of the songs that was released, I think it was, I don't know if it was Mixtape Volume 1 or Volume 2. I think it might have been Mixtape Volume 2, digital compilation that I did. They had a song on there called Up in the Air. One of my favorite songs that they did. That's going to be on here as well. Then we have two bands from California. I mean, excuse me, Canada, uh, that are, they share a member. Uh, one is the Sangomas, and the other one is Sick Things. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those guys or not, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So fantastic fucking kind of power pop, kick-ass rock and roll uh, record. That's going to be just going to be phenomenal i think there's going to be a new sick things song i think they're they're planning on hopefully recording sometime in the next couple months and actually sangomas even though they were kind of broken up when they put that last record out they are back writing songs now so who knows what'll happen there we may get a new sangomas song if not we're going to use a track from the last record called uh don't you know who I think I am? Which is amazing fucking song. So either way, it's going to be a killer record. So I'm I'm hoping to get that one off, you know, as soon as I can too. But obviously, we got to wait for wait for some bands to record some stuff, or at least one band to record some stuff. And uh, so that'll probably be, you know, I, I I can't even guess how long that one will be. But uh, that's the third one down the pike, anyway. We've got some good stuff to look forward to. Yeah, I got, I got a bunch of stuff I'm sponsoring, too. So I'm keeping busy. I'm trying to give back to the bands, you know. Um, there's a band, a street punk band called Oil Change, which I sent you, I believe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sponsor that release. Um, in fact, we just got their we just got their stuff mastered for vinyl. And they're going to do a four-song, seven-inch. And uh, JJ and the Real Jerks. Uh, my friend Rob is doing the artwork for their LP right now, their new LP, and I'm going to be sponsoring that. Probably doing like an OBI strip like I did with the Killer Hearts, I think, because I can't like I'm not going to be able to move a ton of them. You know what I mean? So it'll probably be like 25 copies or whatever. Um, the Me Thinks, I don't know if you know the Me Thinks from Texas, rock and roll band. Um, they're putting out an EP. I might try to sponsor that one as well. And there's a couple other things too, but. So on the, the topic of sponsoring records, you recently sponsored the uh, amazing new album by Killer Hearts. So how did you end up getting involved with that project? Um, so when they put out their four-song EP on Spaghetti Town Records, um, I already had you know somewhat of a relationship with Teddy Spaghetti from Spaghetti Town because he's been putting out great stuff for quite a few years now, and you know, we end up playing it on my shows and whatnot. And uh, when he put that out, that Killer Hearts 45, I was just blown away by it. And especially Midnight Lucifer, that song, I don't know. I can't even count how many times I played that on my show. <laughs> and it would be constantly stuck in my head. And then they had two other, uh, I think they're both splits. One's a four-way split. The other one was a, a two-way split. I bought both of them. All the tracks on those were fucking killer. And uh, I was, I just fell in love with the band. I was just like, this is fucking great. It's like hearing Lucifer, or like, 
<laughs> but a little more punky. You know what I mean? Just oh yeah. You know, it, it was. It's catchy. It's ballsy. It's gritty. It's glammy. It's just. It just hits all the right boxes. You know. And so, when I found out that they were doing an album with Spaghetti Town, I just I sent I sent him uh, I sent Teddy a message and I was like, dude, I don't know if you need my help or not, but I would love to be involved with this. And then I told him, you know, I'll probably put in like say two hundred bucks, and you know, you can send me X amount of copies, whatever it's whatever you think is fair. Anyway, um, he talked with the other label. Uh, drag strip riot records and uh the band and they were all cool with it and so that's how that happened um i mean that i think i probably got involved with that at the beginning of the year sometime but there's been so many delays with pressing and covid and everything else that it was supposed to come out i think quite a few months back but it's probably better it came out now because they're on tour now in fact i'm hopefully going to go see them in philly next weekend um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it happened pretty easy. It wasn't like, I didn't have to chase anybody down or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just stoked to do it because I just love the band. I just think they're fantastic. And I'll, I'll play the hell out of them anyway, regardless of whether I was going to sponsor it or not. So I was like, fuck, you know, let me do something cool, you know? And I had my buddy Rob do the OBI strips and stuff like that. And, you know, the band was like, totally kind of flipping about that they were they thought that was real cool um so i sent them all copies of extra copies of the obi strips and the sticker and the uh postcard thing that i got done and the uh sponsorship sticker and whatnot but yeah it was uh i I hope to do a lot more stuff like that because it's it's just a lot of fun you know um, i've been actually talking with uh marco from no front teeth about possibly sponsoring uh one of his new releases like that uh maybe like doing an obi again or something like that uh, not sure which one yet but uh i mean he does you know he has 157 bands <laughs> 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 the guy's a machine uh it's, it's amazing just absolutely all, amazing all the releases and all the different versions of each release <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. When if you're a Marco fan, it's really hard because <laughs> if you're a, especially if you're a little a little OCD and you want them all, like, <laughs> really fucking hard. <laughs> I have like just like miscalculations. I probably have three versions of like every LP and <laughs> maybe more, sometimes more. Like sometimes it'll be like a record store version and a test press and three different other covers you know it's crazy but it's such good stuff and miscalculations are one of my favorite fucking bands so oh that's a a great label to follow if you oh yeah if you're a collector or if you just love great punk music in the in the modern day yes absolutely they are oh, they, they are just it's amazing the volume of stuff that he not not only he does himself but the stuff he puts out for other bands is just crazy and it's all quality stuff it's really cool so you play a a ton of new music a ton of old music on on your show you're i'm sure you're really following a lot of what's happening in new music so in terms of new bands are are there current bands right now that are in heavy rotation on your 
personal turntable? Uh, yes. Um, well, it, the Killer Hearts record has been on my turntable like constantly for a, about a month now. Uh, it's I just can't get enough of it. Um, some hearts as well. They're not on my turntable yet, but that I highly recommend their four song EP. It's on Bandcamp. It might even be for free. I don't know, but it's really quality stuff. Some hearts are, if you like power pop, rock and roll, you will love them. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a ton of new bands that are great, but um, there's a new band I uh, just played the past two weeks on my show called Dirty Flicks. They're out of kind of like the Philadelphia area, and they're kind of like the first song was almost like pop punk, but power pop. the The second single that I, that they dropped was uh, like wildlife at their best. Oh, um, so I, I, now those are the only two songs I've heard so far from the record, but I think the record might have. Know if it drops today or very soon but that's, that's a band to watch i think dirty flicks um i guess they were some of the guys anyway were in a pop punk band before that called the letterman's or something like that oh yeah okay so you may you may be familiar with them because they did quite i think they did quite a few records Letterman. Yeah. um but yeah they have, they have the new thing is called dirty flicks f-l-i-x um I mean, not not a new band, but the new Sonny Vincent record has been on constant rotation. Um, the new Ammo and the Sniffers, the new Chubby and the Gang, um, the new Freddie DeLevy record. That guy has the voice <laughs> of a fucking angel. I mean, it's just mesmerizing to hear him sing. Just love that guy. Um, the new Me Thinks track on the... Uh, Sauce Text Records sampler, the newest Sauce Text Records sampler. I love those guys. Always have. Um, Total Massacre, best hardcore band on the planet. They're still pumping out great stuff all the time. Um, I don't know how many singles they dropped this year, but it's been quite a few. And it's always just on point. Like, musically and lyrically. I mean, they're like they're like DOA to me. You know, MDC. Like, oh, wow, important yeah important music with something to say and it's just those guys blow me away just love that band total massacre i mean i i constantly probably to uh ad nauseum am saying that they are the best hardcore band on the planet but i mean it they are just fucking phenomenal um mystery girl you probably heard the mystery girl lp oh yeah yeah that's been on quite a bit as well just uh man, they're fantastic man and of course the new suck record even though it's not that new anymore um fucking love that too that was such a killer so killer being in, a, in that video with you it was so cool <laughs> that's the best fantasy league to be in is that's right that's fantasy right. beer league absolutely well that's a great segue because as soon as i knew that i was going to interview you i knew i wanted to ask you about beer Oh, so yes. Beer. Different Good questions stuff. I could have come up with, but I really thought this would be a cool one for you since you are a fan of so many genres of rock and roll. I'm sure you appreciate a broad range of genres of beer. So what will be your holy trinity of beer styles? Well, I got to say, 
well before I knew what a hazy IPA was or a New England IPA was, um, I've always been attracted to cloudy beers. <laughs> like one of my first favorite beers was Hefeweizen. And that, you know, that's got a lot of yeast in the bottom, swirl it around and blah, blah, blah. So I've always been, I've always felt like clear beers were like not as good as cloudy beers. Just a thing I've always had. And uh, so I've always been hooked on beers like that, you know, Belgians with all the yeast in it, that kind of stuff. Um, but New England IPAs, hazy IPAs, whatever you want to call them, I know that now they are the fucking thing, the the trend or whatever. But I've always been there. <laughs> now they're finally, now they're finally plentiful. You know, there weren't that many, weren't that many of them when I first started digging on it. Um, but now they're everywhere, and some of them are not so good. Some of them are great, but you know, you got to find the good ones. But that that's probably my favorite style. Um, Second to that, I would say English Pale Ales or ESBs. However, uh, you can't even get good ones anymore. Uh, people no. used to carry like Fuller's London Pride, as Fuller's ESB. I can't find that shit anywhere. Um, one of my favorite beers of all time that a guy from England turned me on to is called timothy taylor's landlord which is a english quote-unquote strong pale ale but it's like you know four and a half percent right um so those are really high on my list if we can find a good one i mean there's the trooper the iron maiden beer that's that's decent it's not a great esb but it's not bad you know it's nowhere near landlord but i'll take it you know <laughs> but that's about all you can get now like you can't get seriously any yeah. of the, I mean landlord I can't find anywhere. Like if I was on if I was in California, I could probably get it. But here, nah. Um that's why I don't know. Did I tell you about the, the beer that I did with uh I brewed with um yeah Evergreen or not Evergreen, I'm sorry, Englewood, too many E's, Englewood <laughs> Brewing Company. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's basically started off as a landlord clone that we hopped with Centennial and Eldorado hops. Oh. So it's got a kind of an American twist on the ESB. And uh, that's actually been, been getting some pretty good reviews on untapped and stuff. And it's, uh, it's still there for now. I don't know how many, I don't know how much they have left. They can't have too much left. I mean, it went on tap August 11th, I think was the day. Oh, wow probably going to run out soon but um but yeah it's uh that was a lot of fun and i say if i have to think of a third style i would say sours um i know they're kind of all the rage now too but i've always been like my first probably the first sour i ever had was uh rodenbach grand crew which is like a flemish uh brown or flemish red sometimes they call them sour and that thing was amazing and then um like uh lindemann's creek the cherry uh lambic fucking amazing so yeah i would say new england style slash hazy ipas though i think i prefer 
something that's actually New England style. Um, and then the, the British beers and then sours. That's, that would probably be my three, my three favorite. A solid list for sure. <laughs> so we're going to stay on the subject of eatables here. And you, you do make your own hot sauce. Yes, sir. So what ingredient have you found to be essential or key in a delicious sauce that maybe other people might overlook? Well, I, you know, I don't think I'm doing anything that nobody else has done. Um, I really like I used to grow peppers years ago and I hadn't for about probably eight years. And then this year I started growing them again and I was like, I'm going to start making sauce. So um, the first sauce that I put out was actually made by Fired Up Foods in Canada. It was uh, uh, John Batan. And his wife have uh, uh, the company Fired Up Foods. And John is actually in the band called School Damage. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so you're familiar with them. Um, he's in that band. Real cool guy. Great. I mean, the guy is a an artisan chef, I think, when it comes to sauce. So I've been talking to him for months. And we've been uh, he'd been sending me, you know, things to uh, try, like new sauces he was working on and we would bounce ideas back and forth. So I learned a lot from him. And uh, I mean, the guy just makes phenomenally delicious sauces and they have some heat too. Um, so learned a lot from him. And then when I finally started uh, getting peppers this, this spring and summer, um, I started experimenting with stuff. And one of my favorite sauce makers, other than, fired up foods is a place in Colorado called Pex peppers. And one of my favorite sauces that they do is called killer swarm. Killer swarm is scorpion peppers, uh, wildflower honey and lime juice. And so I tried to use that kind of combination and uh you know just messing around with stuff so um you know i don't know how many people use honey in their sauces but that guy does and so that's kind of like what i've been using in every sauce has been some wildflower honey and um i think the latest one i did i just did a new batch of sauce um which i actually sent out to some people i made like a 10 bottles it was you know super small but um, I just call it Legendary Suffering V2 because I had extra labels from the first batch of Legendary Suffering sauce. But, uh, I mean, I just got a review from one of the guys that got it, and he was like, he said, it's a 7 on heat and 10 on flavor, <laughs> which was a you know, huge compliment to me because, you know, he was like, that's what I wanted. I want it to be good. It has to be delicious. It can't just be hot, you know. Like, I don't like hot for the sake of hot. I want it to be hot, yes, but it also has to fucking taste good. <laughs> so um, I really think that uh, that guy from Pex Peppers was onto something with the honey and the honey and the lime juice goes a long way. I think you got to put some vinegar in there as well. But um, this new sauce I just did has wildflower honey, lime juice, but it also has I made um, hot pepper infused apple cider vinegar and hot pepper infused 
red wine vinegar. Ooh. And then I used all of that in this sauce, including the peppers that made the vinegar hot. So I had scorpions in there. I had uh, Thai peppers, black prince, ahisitos, uh, sugar rush peach, and some Barbados chilies, which are basically like habaneros. Um, so all those peppers and a bunch of fresh scorpions. And uh, I think it came out pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I probably never could recreate it because it was just winging it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I kind of know what I did, but um, yeah, I just kind of like, I fermented the whole bunch of peppers. So there was the fresh scorpions and then there was fermented all those other peppers. Then there was the peppers from the vinegar. So it's like, I mean, there were so many peppers in these, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of peppers in these 10 bottles of sauce. Um, and it's, it's pretty good burn to it, I would say. I mean, it's not a 10. It's not the hottest sauce you'll ever have, but it's hot and it's good, I think. So that's a win, I think. I think that's what's important. You want yeah. to taste first, the burn second. <laughs> so as we prepare to wrap up, I know you don't love to self-promote, but... For the benefit of our listeners, where can they go to f listen to your program and find out more about you and maybe follow you or maybe some of the uh, music that you're selling? Well, um, rnrmanifesto.com is uh, the home base. That's where you can get my podcast. And uh, there are links to my band camp and stuff on there. Um, you know, it's rnrmanifesto.bandcamp.com. That's where all the Lonesome King stuff is and any kind of records that I might have or sell or merch is on there. Um, Instagram at rnrmanifesto, Twitter at rnrmanifesto, uh, rnrmanifesto at gmail.com. That's pretty much it, I guess. Um, if people want the podcast and they use uh, Apple Music, it's on there. If they use Google Music, it's on there. If they use Amazon, it's on there. Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Podomatic, Podbean, you know, all those places. It's it's pretty much there. Except Spotify. Fuck Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where you can find me. Well, thank you very much for joining us and having a nice chat here on the Born Too Late podcast. We appreciate Thanks for it. having me on. I really appreciate it. This is the first time I've ever been interviewed for this, for my show or whatever. So it was like a kind of a really cool experience for me, a new thing. So I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, I'd love to come back sometime. So oh, we will be delighted to have you come back. And cool. Maybe have, Jay have, will make it next time. Have, have have part two, and Jay won't be on the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that time, and we'll we'll have have a nice conversation. Yeah, that'll be cool. Anytime, man. Just let me know. <laughs>